Hello, welcome back to Just Another Football Podcast. It is the transfer deadline day. Right now, it's 10.30. The transfer window closes at what time? 11? 11, yeah, that's right. So it closes in uh, precisely to 35 minutes from now um, in, in uh, British Standard Time. So we're going to be talking about all the weird and wonderful transfers of the deadline day and otherwise we're going to be here to react to Eden Hazard re-signing for Chelsea so we can't <laughs> wait for that to react to that well, uh, uh, you, yeah. heard it, you heard it here last uh, because this is coming out the morning after exactly um, uh, it will be contrary to his wishes to retire um, uh, <laughs> but yeah we'll talk about that and some of the more interesting transfer uh, stories from, from around Europe and from Saudi Arabia as well who are the, the main like breakthroughs of of the transfer of the biggest topic i i imagine um so uh yeah we'll be discussing all of that but i want to go back to the start of the day today because a transfer happened i was on the road right so i've i was driving five hours out of state and uh the boys were sending me messages that were talking on whatsapp so i'd uh i'd use like the google assistant voice thing to reply and stuff like this uh, and the discussion was like, "What are Chelsea doing signing Cole Palmer f- for forty-five million? It's like roughly the same price as Jeremy Doku to to Manchester City, isn't it?" And it's yeah, it's it's mental. It's weird. It's a strange decision from Cole Palmer himself, in my opinion. I think from from a Man City perspective, he was a incredibly useful player. He scored wasn't he the goal scorer against Newcastle? Well, he, he scored against Arsenal. He scored against Sevilla uh, he, so far. He's, didn't he score one of the goals? That, I might be wrong, but he was like a very useful player. Um, Kevin De Bruyne is injured, of course, so things are getting moved around. And he was like he was involved and he was playing. And I feel like the only reason City took the deal is because it's forty-five million, and I imagine there's a sell-on clause in there. Why are Chelsea doing this, George? You were pretty adamant that this is not good. I think it's it's just sums up Chelsea at the moment. You know, we're selling players like, you know, Mount for, for 60 million and bringing in someone completely unproven for, for 45. Like, yes, he's shown glimpses of, of, you know, you could probably say brilliance, but I would say, you know, decent play. Um, mm. But, you know, this guy's not a Phil Foden. I don't think he's been tipped to be a Phil Foden. You know, I don't think he's on that level. And it's in a position where we're heavily saturated with players already in, in sort of the, the attacking midfield, wide, you know, um, uh, yeah, the attacking midfielders. So it just, to me, doesn't add up. You know, this whole balancing the books things, I, I, I get it, but at the same time, that to me only counts if you're going to get a return out of your investment, either for a resale or a player who's going to stay for seven years and just dominate and win you titles. I don't see that with Cole Palmer. I don't see how, um, you know, shifting off players like Callum Hudson Odoi, who I'm sure we'll get into for, for only 8 million. Um, I think it's actually less. I think it was three million up front and five million with with sort of add-ons and performance add-ons. So it, it just seems to me insane in terms of this high-risk strategy of you know uh, bringing in a, a City player who, who really doesn't even start for City. It, it seems bizarre. I mean, in terms of 
doesn't start. He's a squad player, right? Yeah, but a forty-five million pound squad player is yeah, it's, uh... is insane. Especially a squad player like himself. Like, yes, he's a squad player, but he's a he's not exactly a, what Mares was. He's not exactly what um, you know Gundogan or, yeah. or um, you know Bernardo Silva. He's a squad player that really only gets ten. 20 minutes and maybe starts in the FA Cup or starts the odd game when when there's a lot of fixtures. If Pep, if Pep had to choose an 11, he'd be absolutely nowhere near it, in my opinion. So, it's just so weird. It's and so odd. Oh, man, said so he used that exact same money to go and buy Mateus uh, Zunes. Uh, yeah. Much to my annoyance because Mateus Zunes famously last year was linked to Liverpool and then we kind of bottled it, didn't we? Um uh, Fergal, do you have any different take on this? Because George, well, no, like I'm a little bit more gloom. optimistic about it. Um, Typical. I'm, but like all all George's points are valid. Like a lot of these signings are are annoying for Chelsea because it's like we've kind of made these mistakes before in that we've we've we um like. We're, we're we're looking. We were looking to sell a lot of our academy players, um, this summer. Uh, it looks like a lot of them are, are 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 the ones that I was keen to keep are staying, um, like Matson and and Gallagher. It looks like in the last half an hour, unless Tottenham maybe come in for Gallagher, um, then it, the, they're going to stay put. Um, but. The fact that we were going to look to sell them to basically balance the books, like the academy players, you, you know, this is the same for like Arsenal, Man City, um, and Chelsea especially. Mm-hmm. But academy players, they have these unbelievable players who are like they get the club, but yet they're the most saleable assets because they're they can be pure profit, and that's what's really disheartening about about. This transfer, and I feel like that's that sort of thinking, and the whole immortal immortalization thing has come to the front, really like a lot this summer, um, and it's basically been Chelsea's whole um, uh, tactic when it comes to balancing the books, um, and it's sort of like robbing Peter to pay Paul. Um, you're, and you might not be necessarily getting a, a better player by the end of it. Um, but mm-hmm. all these great academy players, like Lavia, for example, was at Man City, um, and now he's uh, what was it, sixty million or what was it, fifty? I don't know. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. He was a lot. He was a forty-five. He was a lot of money. Um, and um, but Man City could have had him, and then maybe not sign Calvin Phillips, for example. So, but all of them would prefer to bring in the player because it's cheaper on the books, and then sell an academy player. And it's just a bit disheartening if you're if you're a fan. Having said that, Cole Palmer, he looks good. I think it's kind of, with Chelsea. It's a bit awkward because it's kind of a position that we needed, but maybe not this year. We could have maybe done without Cole Palmer this year because we don't have Europe. But maybe next year we kind of do need a a, a right winger. But I'm I'm only saying that with the thought of of Sterling, who who would have been on the left, but now Sterling's playing on the right. We've and playing got very Sterling. well. Yeah, playing Sterling. So now we've got three in that position, and there's talk of Cobhammer maybe playing 10, which is a 
position that we are now week in because um, um, Nkunku has been injured. But it's just when all these players are fit that, you know, where, where do they all fit in? The, the, one of the good things, one of the reassuring things um, I find though with this signing is that Joe Shields uh, seems to be the man behind it. And he was, he had a role in the academy um, and recruitment at Man City. Um, and were to work closely with all their top young talent, including Foden and Cole Palmer. Um, he then went to Southampton, and then we, we've got him from Southampton. Um, and he seems to have have had a big role in signing Lavia. He, he Lavia's literally followed him from Southampton to yeah. Man City, and then Cole Palmer's moved from um, from there. So we've got somebody on the inside of Chelsea who knows this pair very well. Um, which reassures me that it's it's a good signing and he's going to be a good player. It's just whether or not he was necessarily needed. And then, you know, what's the what's the um what does this affect going forward? What player is going to be sold to balance the books next summer or maybe in January? Is is the is the worrying thing? Um, Matson nearly went today, and I would have been furious with that because. Yeah. That's literally just covering up the the hole that Cucurella has left in the books. Um, maybe not directly, but you know, if if we hadn't sold him, we probably wouldn't be looking. At, or we hadn't bought Cucurella for sixty million, which is now just looking like a ridiculous amount. Um, and um, and then um, and, and he could have been our second choice again this year, which again might not have been an issue because we haven't got so many games, but. Um, I really hope we keep a hold of Mats and, uh, and we kind of just need to bite the bullet on Cucurella, I think, and, and just s- sell him for whatever's going or, or loan or whatever. It, do- uh, it looks like he's going to now stay at the club, but um, I-, I blame Tuchel for, for Cucurella. Um, as Cucur- I- I- as, a- as, a- as like much as Tuchel, people think he's a great manager, the amount of talent ID mistakes he he had at Chelsea in not giving younger players a chance, um, and then we had to go out and recruit somebody else, and it's then caused us to get these shite players. Um, it, so, so a lot of it is down to Tuchel on on, on who he picked and who he didn't. Yeah. Um, um, great, we won the Champions League, but that past that six months, I I, I constantly look at Tuchel's reign at Chelsea as as. But after that Champions League, just a massive downhill, and the so many decisions from that time have then gone on to affect um, the new ownership's bad mistakes as well. And um, not not Hall. to put all the blame on on, on Tuchel for for all those mistakes. Lewis Hall is another example, and he's he's one who's who's pure profit, yeah. good money for him. There's no doubt about that. But you're t- looking at him and going. I hope he doesn't become the player that he was talked up in the in the academy, and he's played so well. And it's just it's it's a never ending cycle for Chelsea of just regretting these like young, not giving these young players a chance. But then the weird thing about this ownership is that we're non-stop signing young players. Yeah, that's the annoying thing. It, yeah. it's this yeah. weird contradiction. Like you're signing young got... players, and then you're selling your own young players. Backwards. And then we've got like. We've signed. There were so many pl- players in like the last year that, like, like Fofana, for example, has now gone out in Union Berlin, and like there is talk that we're mm. gonna try and have like we're. It's it's like we're accumulating a lot of talent, 
and they're eventually either going to go to Strasbourg or maybe another um, club. Sporting Lisbon has been linked, which would just be crazy if if Chelsea bought Sporting Lisbon. Like unbelievable for Chelsea if they're able to do that, but it feel, doesn't feel right at all that a club the size of Lisbon could just be made into a feeder club yeah. for Chelsea. Um, so yeah, it's it's there's all that. Um, but Chelsea, it's just been mental this summer. I, I, I initially I was quite happy with a lot of the signings and and I probably am happy with it, but it still maybe feels like we've we've um we've definitely sold our soul. <laughs> I think that's for sure. We've we've sold our soul in selling like academy players like like Hall and Mount. Um, but then some, but then Mason Mount and Havertz haven't had a great start of the season, so maybe they'll turn out to be great decisions. But it's it's been time will tell. I think is the best way of saying that. Well, uh, time will tell indeed. Uh, we're going to stay in England for just a little bit. It's been uh, Brendan Johnson to Tottenham. Massive, massive blow for uh, uh, Nottingham Forest on, on the attacking mm. side. However, Nottingham have only gone out. Uh, my head hurts. My head hurts. How have Nottingham Forest got Ibrahim Sangare? Like, how? Am I... What? I feel like I'm losing my sanity a bit here. Like I, I feel like I'm. I don't know. I feel like I don't know anything about anything. I feel like I'm. I'm starting to doubt everything I've ever known about this sport. Like, this Ibrahim Sangare should be going to a big, like a much bigger club, like at least a Champions League team anywhere. Mm-hmm. Well, he's coming down from the. He's coming down from the Champions League. Um, and don't I've get me wrong. Like, it's it's really good that a team like on the face of it that a team uh, like that is relegation threatened is able to get one of the best midfield talents worldwide. But at the same time, I just I'm I'm baffled by the the idea that nobody else got him, particularly got... Liverpool, but. Mm. Nobody I've got some weird de- deja vu. Deja vu from what? From from last year. Taiwan Oni. Taiwan Oni. You're saying the exact same. Why have Liverpool not gone out and got this player or or even another big Champions League club? Um, yeah. You know, he's he's gone from Union Berlin. Uh, I think they're in Europa League at the time. Um, yeah, they were. In, in, into sort of, you know, just promoted Nottingham Forest team. They seem to be making these scalps and it is great. Uh, yeah. Again, I've got worries still about their squad size. I think it's insane. But, but yeah, they can, they they know a deal where they, yeah. <laughs> um, they can, I don't know who they've got in that scouting team. but It's uh, absolutely crazy. How, with, with, One with... thing I would say about Singari though is he's been on the market a while, this guy. I remember Tifa were banging on about him for yeah. ages. And um, I, I'm there's clubs like Brentford and Brighton, yeah. Who I think I, I think Brentford have bought midfielder. Uh, Brighton are obviously trying to replace Casado. Neither of them have went for him, and Nottingham Forest have gone. Mm. So that would be my only thing is is like there's a lot of smart clubs that had the budget to go get him and have and gone didn't. not for us. And that's what makes me think, like, is is there something... Maybe he's a good player, but maybe he's just not elite. And that's why Nottingham Forest have, have, have been left with him. 
Um, it's not necessarily that the big clubs haven't went from, but the likes of the smart clubs like Brighton and Brentford, why, why, why haven't they went from? Yeah. The other thing is, is like, it's like if you're him, it's PSV. Like maybe I suppose he's like, I'll get in the shop window, and I've been at PSV too long. I thought it would have moved on from here by now, but like to go into Nottingham Forest, who I've I had put twelfth in my predictions, thinking that they were going to have a good clear out, they'll have a nice healthy squad. <laughs> I swear the club, the club, the squad's gotten bigger since we I said that. Um, well, the like, tra- the list of transfers for Forest in and out, like on the Premier League page, just goes on and on and on. Uh, uh, well, Sam Sarsa, for example, uh, they just got in as well. Cal Hudson Adoy. Yeah, well, I, I, I commanded him just Dominguez. more, but just just to wrap up my point, like yeah. what what I it, this I have this squad depth chart, which is like it's it's a free Reddit post. Which yeah. is is there every year, and whoever has made it, fair play to you because it's it's great. Yeah, um, it's fantastic. But the, I don't think it's quite up to date. But from what I can see at the moment, they have eight players down the centre mid, and I assume that some of these have gone on a transfer, but maybe not. One of them is Andre Santos, who Chelsea have loaned to them, and mm. who's this like really hyped up young player why have Chelsea approved that like back to they Chelsea. can see how many centre mids they have and they know what Nottingham Forest yeah. are like this, like how is that been allowed to happen like he's yeah. he was being talked up as maybe having a role at Chelsea this year and he's 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 been let go it's it's crazy and then, uh, and then to come on to uh, Hudson Odoi and sort of it carries on from my point at, at Chelsea. Here's a player who's uh, Hudson Odoi, who was uh, probably the best player of his age group. Um, you know, he's played. He would have played against um, and with uh, Emil Smith Rowe and Sancho, um, the two big names. He. I'm pretty sure he outscored or outperformed all of them the whole way through the academy. Everybody had him tipped. He was yeah. leaving. Fun fact about Kahatsu, he got his England debut before his Chelsea debut. Yeah. And he... Um, so he, 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 he has all that and he... He, um, he, he was coming into the team or was talking coming into the team whenever Hazard was about to leave. And it just felt like this perfect, like, oh, start giving this guy games, you know, give, give him a run of games, and we'll see how 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 he how he goes. And um, it's one of the I, I at Chelsea you see these players so often that like it feels like we just didn't strike while the arm was hot, but when these players were like full of energy, about to burst onto the scene, we just didn't let them do it. A bit like Loftus Cheek as well, Come and back. then injuries getting away. Um, a few other things with Hudson Odoi that uh, um, got in the way and bad moves, change of managers. Trying to force didn't the dress seem to them. Yeah. yeah, and like, to, but like again, uh, not that, uh, I didn't think I'd bang. I didn't think I'd be banging on Tuchel as much now, but again, <laughs> like misused. Um, I like a right wing back position. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, I remember that. Awful. Hudson Doy is an incredible talent. Has been hyped up for so long, and uh, I just like another waste of talent for Chelsea. That, as you said, George has went for a measly sum. Um, the the other thing I've noticed this transfer window is 
um, every deal seems to have to have a, a five million in add-ons. No more, no yeah. less. <laughs> five million in add-ons is like the new, <laughs> like you might, it might as, it might as well be like the the pound sign. But like, when you will when, see it on the transfer. But when Liverpool tried it, it didn't work. Because they paid, like, they tried to pay 20 plus 5 for Lavia or whatever it is. Speaking of Lavia, I hope, sorry, just to sum up, I, yeah. I hope Hudson Adoy does really well. I think it's it, it's a really good sign of, for the money for Nottingham Forest, and he should go some way in replacing Brennan Johnson, who's, who, um, we'll see how he does at Spurs. It's it's mm. funny how everybody's cool than Brennan Johnson. Real mixed reviews from, from this transfer window, whereas last summer everybody would have loved to sign him probably uh i think it's something to do with goal involved i read a tweet today uh from carl anka i think it was uh saying uh i thought a forward would a quote-unquote forward would get involved i I don't think it was as condescending i'm making it as i'm making it sound but he was saying (laughs) something like um i thought a quote-unquote forward um would be someone that has goal involvements or something like that um, but still yeah. an amazing talent, isn't he? Um, right, onto some miscellaneous ones. This one's a bit weird. Leonardo Bellucci. You know what happened there? I was uh, on on the road today. I was listening to a podcast. Uh, I think it was a BBC one. They had James Horncastle on, um, and sure. uh, like a yeah. few other of those big big journalists. And what he said was. Bonucci last season was told by Juventus to retire and then uh, he refused and he said I want to play one more year he came in first day of uh, the the uh, preseason this this season and they basically asked him what are you doing here so uh, now he uh, went away he's fallen out he's gone away to Union Berlin Champions League Union Berlin um, to obviously have the honor of being Brendan Aronson's teammate, <clears throat> and uh, yeah, he's just gonna play one more year there. It's a weird, weird one. This is like if you're a lot of these transfers give me football manager vibes. This is one of them yeah, where you like, start, you start a, you have a like a defender to bring in so he can mentor the young players, and you're looking around no, and finding out he's out of those... contract. All right, let's get him in. It's it's like it's like Harry Kane going to Bayern for ages and football manager always used to happen. You'd be like, that would never happen, and then it's actually happened. And then that feels yeah. like you see Leonardo Bonucci the Union Berlin. Going, oh, football manager can be so unrealistic sometimes. Yeah, and, it's, and it's, like, it's it's actually happened. Like answer Fatty to Brighton too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we have to cover it. I like. I'm fascinated. I actually don't know. Uh, is Ansu Fati any good? Is he like the new Adama Traore? No, like he was, he was. Ansu Fati is good. Is he? Fati, because he, he is. Yeah, he's good. Good. Would he not be still be at Barcelona? Uh, well, he I think was he destroyed he his legs, didn't he? <laughs> he, he uh, <laughs> the only thing is injuries, but he's yeah. well yeah. good. Like, That's a big if, though. Um, well, I mean, I'd feel like sign it. They have the Europa League, so he'll rotate a lot with Mitoma, but n- like, yeah. Both have to start, you know. Mm. It's like who's gonna start now? I, I I think it's it's a smart move for um for Barcelona. It's, it's good to see in it from a Brian perspective that like they're able to get these so uh, like uh, supposed to be top talents like like Sangaré like, and all they, they, 
big big clubs are, are trusting them now because they've proven they're able to develop these players and like um proven to be a great stepping stone like a really high level stepping stone not to put them down in that way but like it's almost like a Dortmund now so you know they, it it'll mean that they're going to be able to keep attracting better and better young prospects that mm. you know they'll, they'll do their bit playing unbelievable football at Brighton for a bit and then and then be sold on for more money and, and it all starts over again but yeah it's it's a uh, yeah great great bit of business I suppose another couple loans Sergio Reguilon to or Reguilon to uh Manchester United another bunny in there I suppose the other Mantelon because that is completely player forced is uh Joao, Joao Felix to Barcelona a uh, couple months or le- less than that from the time where when he told Fabrizio Romano I would like to play for Barcelona and there he is season long loan no obligation to buy but he gets to play for Barcelona once a 120 million pound transfer which is the weirdest transfer of all time yeah just to be yeah. clear Jao Cancelo as well Jao Cancelo going to Barcelona I think yep. is an interesting one because it's yep. just so weird that that whole situation where he just it seemed he just seemingly fell out with Pep or Pep decided that you know uh, attacking full back is no longer what he wants and he wants Brexit football yeah um with four four tools centre backs across his back line and um it, it, I, I always find these sort of loan transfers to to be clubs trying to sort of gambling on them having a really great year and their stock flying up yeah. you know Jao Cancelo Jao Felix that's why I would would have thought Chelsea would loan out again you know Hudson Odoi players like that although I'm sure his contract was probably running down where if they have a brilliant year or just a good year you can get five ten million extra for them um so, so you don't sell them at their lowest stock that that's what sort of loans unless they're a young player tend to be for me mm. um amrabat to man, man united i'm no, sure yeah. again they're looking to get as much money from that as possible if he absolutely shines at united is it a loan did they is say it not one of those ones that it was more man united pushing for the loan it was than... man united were pushing for the loan and fiorentina rejected it the other day so, yeah. so it, it, has, it has been confirmed i believe uh, yeah, as no, a loan it, or as it, a permanent it, transfer no, it's 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 a loan. I, it's a loan with like I think it will become a, a permanent transfer. But right, okay. I think it was more from the. It was more my neither one the loan, so it's not going on the books this this summer. It's it's it'll go on the books next summer. I think that was more what what that was about rather than um um who's who's the Florentina um yeah um. I, I I think Florentino like they have to get the replacement for Amrabat, so they'd probably prefer the money up front to be able yeah. to do that. Yeah, uh, Sky Sports, uh, they will pay ten million, uh, eight and a half million pounds. Sorry, to take Amrabat on loan with an option to buy for twenty one point four million pounds. So the the big loan fee tells me that they're probably gonna buy. Like that's the idea. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it looks as though they're just trying to balance the books. Like, yeah, exactly. Um, the very next line is uh, United are conscious of applying, complying with financial fair play rules. Fair play, fair play. Yeah. Um, and the other one, Ryan Graverberg, has uh, officially been announced by Liverpool uh, an hour ago. 
Cool. I would I would say that's the biggest panic. Not panic loan or panic buy at the window, but I think it's a lot of money for someone who didn't play football for a year. (laughs) Exactly. To be fair, he's he's come with a good reputation, and I'm sure he can be a good player. But it's not like he's been spoken about for Liverpool, you know, throughout the whole transfer window, like Amrabat has been for for United or or whatever it may be. This seems quite (laughs) rushed and and a bit of a panic buy, but very much needed to just bolster Liverpool's midfield. So it's not it's not bad signing. It's just just a bit of a bit of oh, a, an odd, odd one it's, it's, it's hard as well, it's probably the, and Matthias, the, yeah go on yeah like that, that that's a bit of a panic buy as well um i don't think so i yeah. feel like they've been linked with him for like a good portion of the summer I'm really i i've only i only heard the links like once they couldn't get lucas paquetta oh. or they didn't want to get yeah lucas you might be right actually have I, you ever I, like, heard mm, yeah true Sorry, and, and like it's not like he scored that great goal against Chelsea. It, like, was anybody really talking about him going into the summer? Going, oh, if only someone could get him from Wolves, that would that they'd that would be a difference maker. He seems like you know he's got a good background coming from the Sporting Academy. He should be technically proficient and and, and you know be be good enough to to be a squad player for them. But it's just not like a. It's, I I don't know. It feels like a panic buy just to fill a fill a squad role for me. Yeah, and, and it's quite a, it was quite an expensive one at that. Mm. It's, I don't think it's as 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 in the dark as as Gravenberg, but. Um, I don't um, know if Gravenberg is is in the dark necessarily because we still need midfielders regardless of their type. Yeah, uh, but I just feel like we I don't feel like we've addressed our weaknesses necessarily that remain. Yeah. Uh, after buying Bacaster and uh, Zobosai, of course. Uh, like, we needed a centre-back, and we loaned out Nat Phillips. That's mental. But, mm-hmm. yeah, whatever, whatever. We'll see. I don't want to complain about Liverpool anymore. There's a whole video complaining about Liverpool's entire strategy over the last year and ongoing. Uh, you can watch that. I'm just having a look at some some of the deals <laughs> that were that have been mentioned. Um, I, I just want to mention uh, Colomani. Rando Colomani. Yeah, uh, that's a pretty big deal to go through. And then the one that I'm interested in, Andrew Omobamadele to Nottingham Forest, which oh, looks yeah. like they're looks like they still might be trying to do a deal on it. I don't think it's maybe confirmed. Um, it might be one of those where so the deadline is in four minutes, but there might be yeah. ones where uh, okay, the necessary part before the deadline happened, and then the announcement is going to come a couple hours after or the next day or whatever. But um, I, I won't. Let's see. Uh, Romano's gave it the here we go. So, all right, all right. Uh, just quickly on uh, Obamadele, Irish international. He's really, really good. Like, solid. Andrew Bre- Obamadele. Uh, from the back. Yeah. On Football Manager 2022, was my captain in the Champions League winning run with Freston. There you go. Says it all. Great, great, um, great pedigree uh, being in Cha- Ali's Champions League winning team. Yes. Um, <laughs> He's a great signing for Nonic Bar, so all the slag we give them. But again, the squad is bloody massive. And that's another <laughs> one added on. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, they did need defenders. Scott McKenna was starting. Come on. Yeah. You know? uh, all right. This is the European ones done. Um, I feel, I, obviously, we haven't covered everything we wanted to cover uh, because <clears throat> it's, uh, it's a pretty big day today. 
but obviously the the biggest like emerging theme from the transfer window is the uh, Saudi window, and we all know like the, all the big names that signed in different clubs, and uh, the fact that PIF owns four of them, but there are some players that went to non-PIF clubs. Jordan Henderson earning apparently seven hundred thousand euros a week or whatever it was. So the you know, lesser teams are still capable of. Uh, spending a lot of money on individual players um and it's not just players that are at the end of their careers someone like gabriel viega or vega uh has, uh, has gone to who was it al ahli is it al ahli yeah um yeah. al ahli were in the second tier not that long ago by the way um but are they, uh, are they owned by the pif al ahli are this is yeah. the fermino team right yeah. Uh, so what I wanted to, we, we haven't talked about it in the podcast yet because like, yeah, sure. Like it's overcovered and, um, and every, like every day you, you find a different pig name going for a ridiculous amount of money. Uh, although no, none of the transfers have been over 70. I want to say like they've been all, or maybe the most expensive have been Neymar for 90. So it's not triple digits like we see in in europe nowadays and the other thing is just to be clear here i don't mind saudi arabia getting good with a lot of money like in concept it's it's the same as before south america were the best at uh, at the sport in the pele days europe took over because they started you know buying a lot of players and investing in the sport and then uh within europe it was italy and then it was England. And England started all, breaking all the transfer records and buying all the players for, for loads of money. And that theme is continuing. Like, they're just cherry-picking talent. You know, we've talked about a couple of those transfers from Champions League teams to relegation-threatened teams. And um, that's normal. The team that has a lot of money will be able to attract talent. However, my gripe with Saudi Arabia... It, with what they're doing is that the government owns four teams um, and it's directly government money, which I don't think should be yeah. allowed. The other thing is, I don't think this is going anywhere. I feel like the mentality there is the, as of now, I could be wrong in the long term, but the instant gratification of getting all the star players and there is no thought whatsoever about what the uh, what are we going to do about our own local setup, our own local youth setup. How can we break into the latter stages of World Cups? Uh, how can we develop our youth players um, to be able to get them through, like develop our academies to some of the best in the world, get them involved in first team football? have Saudi teams winning Champions Leagues and getting involved in the expanded club World Cup and then break into, you know, the Europe, the, the, like the global stage in a real way, in a real competitive way against all the other ones. Well, also like recruiting all the, uh, recruiting European players as well and good, but you're doing two things by paying them these incredible sums. You're not going to pay the Saudi players that sum. So that, first of all, undermines the Saudi players on your team, the local players on your team, and it makes them feel like on the long term, the Saudi players are going to go, oh my god, Neymar's on my team. But later on, when you get used to it, there's 
going to be a sense of deflation, I feel like. And there's going to be a sense of, I don't feel valued here. I feel like this shiny new toy is getting all the attention and I'm just not getting any. And I wonder how that affects the actual Saudi crop of players in the long term. Because there's no indication at all that I've seen that Saudi Arabia is actually trying to develop its own local footballing product from I think a I, youth I, setup perspective or from a like a mm-hmm. local league perspective or national team setup perspective apart from hiring Mancini I I kind of disagree I was just like like I, I, I kind of do get your point but like they they made the World Cup um and they beat Argentina they still got um, out of the first round yeah but like it's still ahead of a great achievement for for them. Yeah, I and guess then, so. One result doesn't and, tell you that there's progress, does it? Al Halal, I've been to the final of the Club World Cup. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, Saudi so, Saudi football like, in Asia, Saudi football in Asia, is already like, great. But the, those are no mean feats. Like they're beating South America. The best team in South America was beaten by Al Halal. So like. Like the, the this is clearly phase one of of like or I wouldn't even say phase one if they've done all that beforehand. I, I don't know what phase this is because I've only started paying attention. Saudi but teams like, have it, been winning Champions League since like 2005. My the Egyptian team I supported growing up, Al Ahly. Uh, there is Al Ahly in Egypt and Al Ahly in Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. So not to be confused, uh, we played our first several cl- uh, club World Cup game against Al Ittihad in uh, which is Karim Benzema's team in. 2005. So Saudi football has been on top of Asian but, but sport like, for a long time. It's clear like there's a decent base there. And one of the other things is that there was a lot of talk whenever the Premier League started booming and buying all these players that mm. where are the chances for the English players going to happen? Like That was a massive talk for a long time that there wasn't enough English talent coming through because there isn't enough space because all these top players getting signed. Mm. And eventually what happened was that that's well, actually, answer. they they benefited from all these great players yeah. playing with them, and and you've got all these good managers coming into the league and improving it. It's not going to be a, a. There's no way of doing that in doing that short term. It took the it took England a long time to mm. get through this now conveyor belt of unbelievable talent that doesn't seem to be coming but, to an end. But Fergal, yeah. I, don't, I don't think that's a. I don't think that's a, a fair. I think that's a false equivalent. So with Ali's point of money moving around and that's always been the way of football that's that's true but what i would say is if you look at south america if you look at europe there is a huge like football is life and death like football uh, sorry, this... that, that's, that's that's unfair in saudi arabia we saw in the world cup the the it reaction is saudi yeah. fans ali's after saying there's heritage there yeah. for there's, years no i'm years. not saying there's not heritage that's, that's a but... from bias like no, but, no, but it, it, it's also a matter of what I was going to say on top of that is about, about views. And for me, China tried to do it. The US tried to do it where you, you pick these great players often at the end of their career. You know, you know, Neymar. Well, at the not. end of the career. One sec, one sec, one sec. But even not at the end of their career, Ramirez going to, to China. You pick these players out and the views don't. And, and the TV rights, obviously Saudi Arabia's, but it's actually it's not different to China. You don't get the views, you don't get the interest from abroad either. 
So I'm not going to watch the Saudi league, no matter how many players go. Oh, I don't. I don't watch the US. Choice. I don't watch the MLS. No, but but Ali, this is this is a larger reflection of the attitude of a Western outlook. Yeah, on, yeah, that and is a, true. it's it's not it's not going to reflect. And so that's why I agree with Ali to a different point, but but sorry, same point but different criteria. Is this won't continue because China it, it couldn't continue china um, couldn't continue because of financial mismanagement which well, won't happen to yeah. it's literally unlimited this, this, this is what i would say about it george is that it, i would agree if if, I, I, if saudi arabia are going to half-heartedly do what they're doing it's not going to work out if they continue to pump in the money that they're pumping into it it will continue it really is as simple as that, it and it will get better, and it will get, get attract the eyes. I don't, I don't particularly like it, but it if if they, if they can if they continue to 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 buy these pairs, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't eventually start to work. Mm-hmm. It, like it, I just it's, think historically, we've never seen it. all short term bursts of like we'll give it a go. This one, to me, feels different. It's backed by like one of the richest countries in the world. They have goals of of winning and hosting World Cups, um, and um, it, it's you know four of the clubs are owned by the actual government. It's it's like so government backed, and we've got now we've got the example of the PGA Tour as yeah. an example of of, of, of Saudi Arabian influence yeah. in sport and how they just kept going. Now, the only difference there is that the PGA Tour, from my understanding, very little understanding, was they were struggling financially mm. to, to try and keep up with it. but um, And therefore, it was a bit more leverage for Saudi Arabia to make deals and, and stuff like that and, and, and eventually be now part of the PGA Tour. But that's an example of like, Everyone wrote that off and said it wasn't going to work and, and whatever. Mm. If there's enough money there and it carries on long enough, it will happen. Like, like the it, it, I there was no sign in like uh, Vega, um, for, for in any of the previous like MLS, um, Chinese Super League. Uh, there's a lot you said. There's Tiago Almada, for example. Just one Ch- example. Tiago Almada. I, this feels different to me. Like the the it just like in Jada as well that's that's gone from Celtic. There's like quite a lot of these guys, and like literally getting like Benzema um, and Ronaldo are, are are massive. Like the 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 best players in the world weren't going, and they are the well maybe not Ronaldo, but Benzema. You can make a case for him being still the best striker in the world. Andrei Ibrahimovic players go like the the they are at the end of their career. I I, I just. I get what you're trying to say, but I just don't see it as, as sustainable. And I, I think, look, yeah, Saudi Arabia have, <laughs> have a lot of money. I don't think it's necessarily just about economics. Mm-hmm. I think it's about I think interest. It's all about that. It's, not, it's, it's about interest. About... It's, it's all about interest. And, but uh, I, th- I think if you put the money in, if 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 you put the money in long enough, it it it, it will come to fruition. There might not be. There might not. I don't um, think that's their main concern. It, no. it, 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 it will take. It will take a long time to get to the level of a top five league, but they could easily get to an interest level of uh of a Portugal, um Holland um. Well, I'd actually put them higher. They could get to an interest level of France, hmm. um. 
I would say France and. But it's all about influence, and I don't. They're not. They're not going to have that influence. They're not going to have those. You know what? The the way they do. I I just don't get how how that you can be naive about the the concept, like how much power money gets you and the money that they have. Yeah. However, here's here's the thing, Fergon. We'll end on this because uh, I need to go. Um, There's the way you build reputation or the way you build interest i feel like is um especially in such a emotional sport like football is through stories storylines which the mls lacks which is why it never will um like the the biggest interest we ever got was when inter miami won the uh, league's cup because we're they were the worst team in, in mls and uh won a tournament just just when messi arrived but then all of them settled and the mls is back and it's like pfft, like everything went back down to earth. I feel like, um, I I just don't see the the only way to me that this whole thing succeeds and starts to take over the mainstream is by storylines, and those storylines will be created with, uh, not the the best players in the world just going and running the show. It will be by. Uh, by youth development, by the the new Club World Cup format starting to produce breakout stars, uh, provided the FIFA are smart about the new Club World Cup, because again, that there's a lot of like debate right. there as it's too yeah. much football and it's unnecessary, and people still like feel um, opposed to that. But in the current in the current structure of it, um, I'm very skeptical. And I feel like there's a lot of uh, desire for instant gratification and uh, nothing else. And then when we get used to it, it will eventually be, okay, this player went to Saudi Arabia, we'll never hear from him again. And uh, Saudi Arabia will continue to get knocked out of the group stages of the World Cup and and not improve their their youth crop, which obviously we can't see into the future, but that the current way it's going, I just feel like that's what's happening. But we'll end there uh, because I really seriously need to go. Um... Thank you, boys. It's, uh, it's, uh, the deadline is officially closed 12 minutes ago. We're probably going to hear more here we goes from deals that have been like, confirmed before the deadline and then, you know, all the formalities are done after whatever rules there are. Uh, but again, as David Ornstein said, every window I've ever worked since 2006 has been more crazy than the one after, than the one before. Uh, so yeah, this was just another one with just full of crazy transfers that you don't see coming and uh this whole Saturday Arabia throws another spanner that works forever for the rest of I time i don't know whether just to throw this in it feels bad to throw this in but um romano's tweeted mason greenwood joins getafe on loan oh 